1: Welcome back to the Wednesday edition of the Kenny and JT show. And as we all know, we've been talking about it all week long. It's rivalry week, Buckeyes guys heading up North take on that team up North this Saturday, kickoff at noon, help us break it down just a little bit more. Our weekly guest is Steve Hellwagon from bucknuts.com. Steve, happy Thanksgiving. And thanks for joining us today.
0: Yes. Happy Thanksgiving to you and all the listeners as well.
1: Really appreciate that, and Steve, I want to just start right here because when you beat a team the way Ohio State usually handles a team like Minnesota, I don't go back and watch the film, but the thing I want to know is, after a 37-3 to win, as we come away from that game, did we come away from that game healthy?
0: Yeah, I think in large part, uh, they're going to be uh, all hands on deck this week. Uh, they're going to miss the safety, Lathan Ransom. Mm. He had his foot his left foot in a walking boot at the game on Saturday. He was recognized as one of the seniors. He will not play in this game either, it doesn't sound like. So he's out, but he missed his second game in a row. He's due back, and so is uh, Mike Hall, Jr., the defensive tackle. He missed last week's game as well. Those two guys are due back, and uh other than Ransom, looks like everybody will be there.
1: Buckeyes are really battle-tested this year, and I don't know that Michigan, with the exception of traveling to Happy Valley, is that, is that tested. I mean, when you consider the wins that we had on the road and at night, obviously the, the Notre Dame game in September comes to mind. Home game against Penn State, the night game at Wisconsin, and of course you've got game day this Saturday. All to me says, Buckeyes are ready for this. Is Michigan
0: yeah, that's a good question. Uh last week they played Maryland and they were ahead mm-hmm. twenty three to three midway through the first or the second quarter and they probably thought, Well, this game's in the bag. Well, Maryland, you know, picked itself up off the mat and got it back down to a five point game on two different occasions and had the ball down five in the fourth quarter, looking to drive to take the lead and uh Tyloa Tylia Tagavailoa threw an interception and Michigan held on, you know. So honestly that game didn't matter because it was all pinned on what happened this week Ohio State versus Michigan the winner of this game is the one that goes on to play in the Big Ten Championship and the college football playoff almost mm-hmm. a certainty the winner of this game will be in the playoffs so you know I just looked at it and uh, again like you said Michigan didn't play anybody the first uh, 10 weeks of the year uh, play Penn State Maryland here at the end and now Ohio State and uh, as you said, Ohio State's had those challenges kind of sprinkled all through the season and come through them pretty well. So I, I want to see, again, Ohio State going up there. Can they match the physicality that Michigan is going to have? And certainly the Buckeyes should be inspired. They've they've lost uh, pretty handle in a row. Uh, these players want to at least give one pair of gold pants, mm-hmm. the seniors and the draft-eligible juniors, before they leave. Ohio State, so that's the challenge uh, when they go up there on Saturday.
1: Hard to imagine having beaten that team in four years, man. I mean, as much as we've uh, had had the upper hand in this rivalry over the last 20 years, you consider the fact that there was no game due to the pandemic, and then two years in a row, whether or not that team up there is cheating or not, end of the story and the end of the line is the fact that you didn't beat that team in four years, and Steve Hellwagon, let's talk in, incentives right now. Added incentives, whether it's intangible or not, Michigan, obviously, you've seen the T-shirts everywhere. Michigan against everybody. Or Ohio State, we haven't beat that team in four years. Any added incentive here, or do you need it in a game like this?
0: Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, this is the game, the biggest rivalry, really, in all of college football, maybe even in all of, you know, team sports. hard to say. Mm -hmm. But you only play them, at least as of right now, one time a year. Uh, You could play them – uh going forward in a rematch in Big 10 championship game uh, last year had they both won their semifinal games they would have played for the national championship wow
1: yeah so mm-hmm.
0: it's crazy to think about what the future of this rivalry could hold if these two programs can stay on top in the Big 10 and and meet up a few times in the in the conference championship game but as of right now everything is pinned on this one game and you know you think about it uh You know, Ohio State hasn't won the game since 2019. Uh, They want to win the Big Ten championship, obviously, and uh, certainly you want to get back into the playoff. It'd be the fourth time in five years Ohio State uh, is in the playoff if they can win this game. So, to me, uh, you've got all that stuff out there to play for, and uh, you got to get it done. Uh, You know, this is the this is the game that you come to Ohio State to play Mm -hmm. in, and uh, they've got to go out there on the field on Saturday and get it done and and, you know, I think what I've seen the last few weeks, I see a team that's really really come together mm-hmm. and uh, a team that's capable of going up there and pulling this off if they play uh, their best best game of football.
1: Steve, in your opinion, as in mine, I've said it earlier and I've been saying it all week long, is the loser out?
0: Well, last year the loser got in. You know, mm-hmm. Ohio State was one of the few one-loss teams left that could still go to the playoff along with TCU. And they put those two teams in because almost by default there wasn't anybody else, even with one loss, to put in. I think they would need – and I started to do some calculations that it gave me a headache because, <laughs> you know, you, there's so many other variables out there. Like, you know, Texas has one loss. Do you want them to to lose to Texas Tech on Saturday or lose to the, you know, the Big 12 championship game? I mean, you know, there's so many things. What about the uh, SEC should Georgia just go ahead and win that conference at 13-0 and 0 and put Alabama out of its misery with two losses? I mean, mm-hmm. what what's the best-case scenario right. for Ohio State you know, with a loss? I mean, they're a slight underdog, three-point mm-hmm. underdog, which is essentially the uh, home field advantage mm-hmm. for Michigan. So what they're telling you is if these teams played on an even field, there'd, it'd be a pick em game. And so it could go either way. But, you know, if they don't win this game, they're probably out of the playoffs probably going to the orange bowl to play louisville or okay. florida state or whoever and that's not where you want to be so um you know you, you they they really need to win this game for the future of the program and, and just everything that's at stake they you you can't allow this one to get by you given everything that's happened this year you can't allow this to happen no way
1: totally agree with that weather shouldn't be a problem going to be about 40 degrees overcast but it's always crappy up there because it's michigan right
0: Exactly, so the commercials—pure Michigan, you know, with the tranquil lakes and the leaves falling and all that stuff. I ain't never seen none of that before. The weekend and Saturday. I mean, my God, two years ago it was an ice storm trying right. to get out of there. Right, snow and I mean, and we trudged for two hours to get to Toledo. And they hadn't done anything oh, in the wow. roads in Michigan. You get to Toledo, and it's perfectly fine. Mm. It's like we, you know, it's civilized here in Ohio, <laughs> JT. Up there, I'm not sure. It's, it's a different world. It's, it's like Canada, bad Canada is what I would call
1: it. <laughs> Outstanding. Or
0: Canada's Alabama. I, I've seen that one, too.
1: Steve yeah. Hellwagon, our guest from BuckNuts.com. Great coverage of everything Ohio State, and it doesn't have to just be football. So do check that out online. Uh, Steve, Ryan Day has said in his weekly press conference, it's going to be the ultimate test. Now, my question to you is going to be about the game plan because we've seen it change at times, and I think he'd really like to air it out. I don't know if that's a question about Kyle McCord. Maybe it's a question about the offensive line. And now that you've got Henderson healthy in the backfield, your offensive coordinator for this game, how do you attack Michigan?
0: Well, I mean, that's a great question because Ohio State has kind of struggled establishing the run against Michigan, and I think that's where you have to start. I mean, you have to to try and and make it so it's second and short, you know, get five or six yards on first down. Travion Henderson has had 100 yards in three of his last four games since he missed the three games due to injury. So they're going to want to try and establish the run. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: He had the long run for the touchdown against Notre Dame and then the long run this past week uh, to start the second half for the touchdown against Minnesota, that would be big. But you've also got uh, great receivers with Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Guka. You've got the, the tight end, uh, Kate Stover, who's been outstanding as well. So you've got people that you can lay it off to and let them make plays. And, uh, you know, Tylia Togavailoa, you know, he did have a couple turnovers last week, at least two. He may have, I don't know if he threw one pick or two picks, but I know he lost a fumble on the five-yard line. Uh, you got to take care of the football. Can't turn it over mm-hmm. and uh, give them points. You know they lose the game by seven points. Well, he gave them a touchdown. Mm-hmm. You know on a fumble at the five yard line and threw that pick, as I said earlier, as they were trying to score the go ahead touchdown. So you can't do that, obviously. So um, McCord's been pretty good. Only I think four interceptions all year. He's done pretty good in that in that category for a first year starter. Uh, so, you know, do they trust him? Do they trust the offensive line to protect him? Uh, it's been reasonably good. I think on the whole, I think you just got to do something to keep their, their defense off balance. They could the number one scoring defense in the country, nine points per game. But I let's look, you know, who have they mm-hmm. played that, you know, is any good, you know, moving the football. I mean, they, they played seven of the same teams, Ohio state played and uh, they outscored those teams by 28. Ohio State outscored those teams by 24. So it's uh, it's a pretty much a wash, I think.
1: Steve, who's our backup quarterback? Is Devin Brown healthy?
0: Yeah, I think Devin Brown would be back uh, if it came down to it. He would probably go into the game. You know, this time off that he's had since he injured his ankle has been good. He had a high ankle sprain when he kind of got folded up on the uh, near the end zone mm-hmm. in other games there. So, uh, I think that, uh, he, he should be back. Uh, they played Lincoln Keenholz, the true freshman, the last couple of years. I think this stage would be probably too much to throw a true freshman out there. I think you would give Brown the first opportunity to, to see what he could do. And Brown may also play if they get down and it's first and goal at the two yard line. Yep. So you put Brown in the game to kind of mix things up, uh, you know, against their defense and to maybe put his legs in emotion as an extra available runner down there to to kind of change things up. So, uh, yeah, interesting to see if Brown gets to play any kind of a role in this game, if, you know, if it comes to it or if, uh, they want to go to it, uh, down on the goal line. I mean, he, he got good results. He had Mm -hmm. two touchdowns and also fumbled. So, you know, that Mm -hmm. was kind of, you know, what you'd expect out of a young guy first time down there on the goal line. But, uh, you know, hopefully you learn from the fumble and, uh, if he ever gets in there again, they score touchdowns. So, wow. you know, that's, uh, that's what you're hoping for if you get Devin Brown in the game.
1: You know what I think we all learned and what we all thought we were going to see is at the beginning of the season, the Indiana game comes to mind, and it was a tough game. Uh, even though the Buckeyes come away 23-3 winner, I think we all expected that when they would go to a two-quarterback system, one would have a different skill set. We thought Devin Brown was going to be the runner. That didn't come to fruition because the game was so tight when he did get in. And when he did get in, he didn't perform that well. He didn't get that many reps. So then he came back out, and you went on with the season, and then they firmly put Kyle McCord in as your number one QB. And what comes to mind is this for me, Steve, because we expected a little bit more RPO, and I think we saw it along the way somewhere like Purdue. But if you're not running the ball, I'm wondering – Is it due to the fact that Devin Brown might be a more physical runner or Kyle McCord doesn't want to run the ball? And it takes me back to C.J. Stroud because C.J. Stroud wasn't running the ball the last couple of years. We're like, why isn't he running the ball? Now all of a sudden at the Texans, occasionally he's running. Is that a Ryan Day thing or is it the quarterback?
0: Yeah, that's that's a good question. I think with Ryan Day, they didn't want to get Stroud dinged up. And I think once Brown went down, Obviously, that kind of changes the, the tenor of what you're doing at quarterback because now you can't afford for McCord mm-hmm. to go out. Because if he goes out, then you're down to Keenholz or the Oregon State transfer, Tristan Gavia, who I, I don't believe has even played a snap all season. So, uh, you know, I I think he's just there as somewhat of a stopgap, I suppose. So, uh, you know, I think that, that maybe a lot of that factored into their thinking was, hey, let's don't get – McCord dinged up and then of course at the end of the first half this past week, he gets sacked and he's, you know, jogging off the field, limping off the field. And, you know, that that made no sense at all. They could have just let the time run out. And Ryan Day was worried they were gonna get booed if they didn't at least try to do something. But the issue was it was a thirteen to nothing game and you were backed up deep in your own end. You know, you have to, you know, give Minnesota at least some small bit of respect. It's made no sense to, to, to do what they did. And, and Minnesota taught them the lesson, you know, play stupid games, mm-hmm. you win stupid prizes. So, uh, you know, you got to manage the situation. And I I just think, you know, McCord, for all of his faults, he's not as prolific, he's not as accurate, he's not as productive as Haskins or Stroud or Fields, but they're 11-0, and 0, mm-hmm. they're in this position, and he's like 100 yards away from throwing for 3,000 yards this wow. year, it's still a pretty good year. And, uh, you know, you you got to dance with the one who got you to the to the dance, and I think uh, he's the guy that, uh, you know, they're going to have to count on. If he can get over 200 yards in this game, mm-hmm. as we said, Taco Bailoa had 250 last week for Maryland. They didn't run it very well last week. Maryland didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had to really pin their hopes on him throwing it. Then uh, then maybe they've got a chance to, to pull this
1: off. Yeah, you mentioned they were from they were coming from behind too, Maryland was in a thirty-one twenty four. Ends up being pretty much a thriller. So my question's got to be this. Things get tight for Michigan, but again, they didn't play anybody this year, and I'm not so sure Ohio State did either. At the end of the day, you could look at Notre Dame, you could look at Penn State, you can make arguments for and against both those teams. But the Buckeyes were behind a couple of times this season, but not very long. Rutgers comes to mind. I think Wisconsin. We fell behind early. Has Michigan seen any adversity? And does the first team that falls behind Saturday maybe fold like a house of cards?
0: Man, that's a great question. Because as you said, neither team's really had to deal with much adversity. Uh, they Michigan went to Penn State, and uh, you know, had, con- had I wouldn't say they had control of the game, but it, you never had the sense. You know, with all the mistakes that Penn State was making, the inability to throw the ball uh, with Aller and everything else, you just never got that sense that Penn State was going to pull that one out. And, uh, you know, Penn State made some, you know, just amazingly stupid decisions when to go for two and when to go for it on fourth down and different things. It just played right into Michigan's hands at times, and it could have been a different game with some of those decisions you know, had gone, you know, the other way. But uh, so I I agree with you. I think that uh, there is something to be said for having to be in a tough situation. OSU was in a tough situation at Notre Dame. They played in a very difficult environment at Wisconsin as well. So, you know, Ohio State's been there in these situations and has to, you know, lean back on those experiences to know, you know, what it takes to win. As I said, seven of the 11 opponents were the same these two teams the outlier is basically ohio state played notre dame mm-hmm. and they played wisconsin will you know be that as it was uh if uh, michigan's third western division opponent i uh, might have been northwestern maybe i don't know but mm-hmm. uh, at any rate uh, yeah it, it you know it's really you know over up one way or the other and really the only difference between the schedules is osu played uh notre dame so mm-hmm. you know that that is a feather in their cap but You know, you got to go out on the field and block and tackle and all those Mm -hmm. things, and Michigan's dominated them the last two years, so it comes back to, you know, can Ohio State's defense stop the run and get off the field on third down, and and, uh, they've done outstanding this year, great body of work, but now is the final exam. You've got to go and pass the final exam.
1: They didn't dominate. They cheated. Steve Hellwagons, our guest with (laughs) BuckNuts.com. Big game this Saturday in Ann Arbor. Uh, We'll have the pregame for you at about 1030 right here on News Talk 1480 WHBC Saturday as Ohio State goes up to take on that team up north. Uh, Steve, final question. I'll let you go. Earlier I asked you. Your offensive coordinator, what would you do? How would you call a game against Michigan? Uh, now let's put the shoe on the other foot. Now you're Jim Knowles. You're the defense of Ohio State. How do you attack that team? We've seen in the past when they were stealing plays, allegedly, that we would go into a zero coverage. That means we're blitzing everybody, and you get burned. Are we going to do that again?
0: Man, that's a heck of a question. You know, I, I look at it, and uh, again, I think the, the, when when you see that Michigan – has run for 297 and 252 yards against you the last two times, and they had over 200 yards against Penn State as well, that Michigan's going to line up and try and run the football against Ohio State. So Ohio State's got a counter with my call, you know, as we talked about, Tyleek Williams, JT out, and uh, Jack Sawyer, who's coming off his best game yet, three-and-a-half tackles for loss this past week in a strip sack against Minnesota. Those four guys have got to play. You know, 80% of the plays and they got to play well. And then it's Tommy Eichenberg, Steel Chambers and Cody Simon and Sonny Styles. Those are the next line after that. You know, three of those four guys are going to be on the field at all times. And so, uh, to me, you, those, those guys have got to come to play because that's where the game has been won the last two years. And, uh, if Ohio State expects to go up there and win the game, They've got to contain uh, Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards, the dynamic duo running back. It was Corum uh, and Hassan Haskins two years ago, and then Donovan Edwards last year who just blistered them. And uh, mm-hmm. Buckeyes got to, on first down, hold them to one or two yards, you know, make it second and long, and then make McCarthy beat you. And obviously we saw the scheme last year, as you said, mm-hmm. uh, you know, bring the house and get beat. Uh, Michigan had – Five touchdown plays of 45 yards or longer. Ohio State solved all that this year, hasn't given up any big plays at all, and uh, that's, that's got to carry over this week. Make them earn it if they're going to score any points.
1: Should be a good game, two versus three for all the marbles in the Big Ten Championship game the following week. Steve Hellwagon, we wish you a very happy Thanksgiving, and thanks for joining us as always. Can't wait to do it again next week.
0: All right, we're either going to be uh, real happy or right. we're going to talk about going to Miami in January. Or, or
1: we start talking That's basketball right. next week, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, they got a big tournament this weekend, <laughs> Friday night Alabama. That's right. They're playing them down in uh, Florida on Friday night.
1: That's part of that Emerald City Classic yeah. or whatever?
0: Yeah, Emerald Coast Classic okay. on CBS Sports Network on Friday night. Outstanding.
1: Steve, you're the greatest. Again, happy Thanksgiving, and thank you again for joining us today. All right, take care. Mm-hmm, you got it. Ohio State taking on Michigan Saturday. Again, pregame starts at about 10.30 right here. Saturday morning, News Talk 1480 WHBC all the way through to another Buckeye victory. We'll have it for you. And hopefully at about 3.30, we're all celebrating, playing. Hang on, Sloopy, and just having a blast. Great weekend. Thanksgiving weekend continues. We're going to break in right now. When we come back, change gears a little bit, we'll talk to Daryl Ryder, 92-3, the fan in Cleveland. Browns have a big one this weekend, a place that they very seldomly win, whether it's a playoffs or not. They're 2-8. and eight. In Mile High, Daryl Ryder breaking down the Browns for us next. Keep it right here. It is the Kenny and JT show.